Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. We are back with season two of Monday Musings, parenting podcast with Irata Ahmed. And we have a couple of announcements. Mashallah, very exciting announcements. So welcome to season two. In this season, Iram bin Safiya of Parenting Uncomplicated will be my co-host. Iram, do you want to introduce yourself quickly to our audience? Jazakallahu khair, Sister Iroda. This is Iram bin Safiya. Um, Alhamdulillah for this platform, Sister Iroda. Jazakallahu khair for making me a co-host with you. Although I think she's my mentor. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. So uh, I'm a parent coach as well as a youth coach. And through Parenting Uncomplicated, I bring solutions for parents as well as children in their parenting and childhood journey. Inshallah. And I am really excited to have you on board as a co-host. I'm sure you will bring lots of liveliness to this um, podcast, inshallah. And we have a special guest joining us in this uh, episode one of season two. Farah Halabi, all the way from the UK, mashallah. Um, Farah is a certified transformational coach at Farah Halabi LTD, and she helps stressed out, overwhelmed, and overstretched, overstretched mums discover their own unique awesomeness to lead them to parent in peace, not in pieces, subhanAllah. What, what an amazing introduction. Farah, a few words from you. Oh, well, first of all, Jazakallah Khairan for having me on. It's such an honor to be in the same room as you two ladies. So, mashallah. And um, absolutely honored to be talking about this subject because it's one that's very, very close to my heart. But really helping mums, helping parents, helping them see their own innate gifts that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed upon them to help them go through this journey of parenting, go through this journey of life. SubhanAllah, it really is an amazing, amazing honor. So I'm really excited to be talking about this today. MashaAllah. JazakAllah khair. We are really humbled and honored to have you on board, really, subhanAllah. And today's question is the one that is very close to our hearts. As usual, we will continue to answer your questions in these, um, you know, uh, episodes of this Monday Musings. So in each episode, we will focus on one of the questions we have received from our audience, and we will be trying to bring expert guest speakers on board. So like I said, today's question is the one that is very close to our heart. We will be um, tackling these two questions COVID-19 and lockdown impact on women's mental health, anxiety, depression, loneliness, what are the causes and the solutions? And um, Farah, alhamdulillah, you know, we've been honored to have her uh, on board at the conference, uh, mashallah, and I've seen her being featured on uh, Islam TV channel and local BBC uh, radios and addressing the same issue. So, mashallah, she has got experience and she will bring some light. She will shed some light on this topic, inshallah. So how we all come from different countries, right, at the moment. Um, and we have experienced different lockdown measures. So what has been uh, in place with regards to where you are at the moment? And have you seen increase on mental health and particularly, you know, women's mental health? Have you, have you noticed uh, increase on, you know, mental health issues? 
Well, I'm based in the UK and this subject is so on point right now and so relevant because as of yesterday, the, the restrictions due to COVID and due to the pandemic was severely changed. The British government made a complete U-turn with regards to the restrictions and the alleviations for um, the ability to be able to see families, to have mixed households. So I'm currently in what's um, in the UK, what we're, um, what we're calling tier four and it's completely lockdown it's no travel out of this area it's no mixing with households you're allowed to speak to one person or socialize with one person outside of the home one-on-one -on -one. so that completely um, puts a bit of a damper on the family gatherings that we hoped the five days of the alleviation of the restriction during the this period this festive period in in England would allow so as of yesterday everyone was under the assumption that they would at least have the ability to mix within three households still um, observing the the social distancing rules but at least we were allowed to be we were able to socialize within our homes and up to three households and as of yesterday that was completely there was a u-turn in this area that i live in so subhanallah it has had it has had a real knock-on effect on the plans that I'd had this, this week. Not that I wanted to celebrate the festivities for the sake of celebrating festivities, but it was actually the first time in the last 10 months that I would have been able to have my family, my extended family, my parents, my siblings with me. And that has completely... Um, not going to happen now so from my own experience that has had an effect but it's actually um in the last 10 months the the mums the amazing mums that i've been able to work with subhanallah the issues that came up for them were issues that were around pre-covid but have been exacerbated during this time um like we've all i mean i'm assuming that it's been the same roughly all over the world over that we've been told that we have to school from home work from home socialize from home live from home and for a lot of us um you know for me personally i worked from home anyway working from home wasn't the biggest um you know it wasn't a big difference but schooling my four children of preschool infant junior and secondary school ages from home my husband being um what was called furloughed so he was um he was at home and for the first time in a very long time the six of us were within the confines of the four walls of our house together living breathing educating socializing and trying to rub along together and subhanallah there were some there were some issues that arose and it was very very um pertinent to some of the issues that the other mums came to me with the stuff that they were going through with their children previous to the pandemic put them kind of like you know put them under one roof and it's like a microscope and then it's shining a light and those issues that may have been small in the beginning were now very much exacerbated so specifically for women i'd say that um especially for mums especially for women that they may be used to having their homes if they were you know stay-at-home mums or, or um you know homemakers if you like that dynamic has changed for the women that were used to working outside of the home being at home that dynamic has changed and you know being being the women of the house um you know we have our roles and responsibilities but it's how to still affect those roles and responsibilities when you've got everyone else around you as well so alhamdulillah it has been a very testing time but i'd also like to say that there has been a lot of things that have come out that we would never have expected so i'll talk about that in a bit but subhanallah yes absolutely it has exacerbated the problems that we may have had before but it's also given rise to some solutions that we may not have had the chance to you know think about had this pandemic not hit yes yeah. 
subhanallah, subhanallah. Um, I, I agree absolutely. You know, it has been very testing time, you know, the disruption of routine, the whole flow got disrupted, right? And we women are used to our flows, right? We used to rhythm and we know what's going to happen. Children going to school, they come back, we feed them, you know, we do the homework and the whole routine has been disrupted and we've just been like, you know, uh, left bewildered, confused, but also there's fear. There's fear of, you know, losing your loved ones, you know, your elderly, and the, there's fear of uh, catching the illness, or there's fear of, you know, um, sending children to school where they may, you know, one of the children may come back, you know, with the symptoms of flu, and that's kind of like your worst ever nightmare at the moment, right? And all of these have, like you said, a knock-on effect on women's mental health, and what what is is that, that do we have enough support system in place you know for for these women for us you know uh, like we we know in some of the com uh, communities uh, around the world that, that we don't necessarily admit things like depression right we say like ah oh, there's no such thing as depression in islam oh you know just go read quran or your prayer salah you know we 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 tend to say things like that we don't acknowledge that people are going through mental instability subhanallah but we will discuss we will discuss all of this inshallah um iram over to you how has it been where you are what are the lockdown you know uh, measurements in place or precautions and how has it affected the community or uh, women's mental health what have you noticed alhamdulillah um i would just um go second to what you said and what sister farah said Basically, <clears throat> uh, it was just, and I've, I've, I've uh, because on social media, you see so many memes where women were shocked to hear their partner speaking on phone and they were like, he can do uh, conflict resolution so calmly. I never knew that. <laughs> so women who, who have seen their husbands work from home, uh, they have a new perspective about their husband, not negative. I think mostly positive, actually. They, they see like, okay, they they can they are emotionally intelligent they can listen they can hear and one of the things that sister farah was pointing out to was were the things that we as a family were not paying attention to that came under the microscope children's behaviors um children's attitudes children's learning capacities and capabilities a lot of younger children cannot handle online learning and so that pushed a lot of mothers to say you know what this one year we're going to quit we're going to homeschool and we're going to homeschool in a way like sister Rhoda, you teach and you teach and i teach like just take it easy just breathe i want to say this though then i feel that i am very privileged to live in a country that has open space where people can go out for walks safely where, people, where we have nature, where we have state parks, where we have different weathers in all, four, in all 12 months of the year. And so even with the pandemic, even when there were, where there were international restrictions to travel, I actually, my family has traveled twice and once cross country on, the, on road, um, through car and once by plane. And I should tell them it was a huge blessing. And families came to uh, women did feel the burn in the first, let's say four or five months. But Alhamdulillah, we women are so quick on our feet. We are like solution makers. We were like, okay, I've, 
I've internalized this. I fest about this. I'm, I'm, I'm distraught. But what are other women saying? And then we bring these like-minded women together and we make our support system. And I am amazed at the ability that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. Like, mashallah, So where it was stressful six months ago, I think we're doing pretty fine now. Honestly, that's my take. Yes, yes, definitely, subhanAllah. Yes, I, I remember, I think the first three months or four months, like after Ramadan, I was really, you know, getting like, oh my God, when will this end? And it's the fear of uncertainty, right? Because usually in the summer, this is when we travel and go back to see our families, you know, we live abroad as an expat right and we I, I was really missing that and i was like okay i think we are really going to miss the travel this year i'm not going to get to see my family this year i think we are uh, going to be stuck like we can't we can't go we're stuck right it was really getting to me and i kept i kept saying to my husband let's move a house because i was in the mood to change i want something you know like i want something you know it was really getting to me and i i'm usually known as a very strong woman and i kept saying subhanallah if if i'm going through this like you know i can imagine a lot of other moms you know who were probably stuck traveling abroad or like us you know stuck uh, in an in their adopted countries and not being able to see their families and mostly i think for me was the fear of uncertainty you know okay what's going to happen next okay when when will we be able to go back when will we be able to see our families Pamela, it really uh, it tests our sense of tawakkul right the tawakkul in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allah ya allah you know this is from you and you know like you can make anything happen and i just leave it up to you right because this is something that's out of our control and we had so many plans okay we're going to visit birmingham london this place that place and allah can easily send something invisible and everybody is just like you know stuck in their own homes right yeah. subhanallah i think you hit the nail on the head with the you know with that fear of the uncertainty of what was going on when is this going to end and like you said before you know as women we're used to our flows our rhythms you know the summer holidays mean something the kids going back to school kind of compartmentalizing our days and then our months and our weeks and our year and it's like we have this plan and within something so I say simple, but invisible, like you said, the whole world stood still. And for once, I think probably for the first time in ever, especially in our generation, we understood that we were never in control, that this, mm -hmm. this, this illusion that we have that if I do this, this and this, that there will be a certain outcome. And all of that was completely, you know, in one foul sweep taken away. And you alluded to Ramadan, subhanAllah, this Ramadan has got to be the most different Ramadan that everyone has ever life. said, you know? Like, you know, again, the plans that we make for Ramadan, how are you going to do this? What are you going to do? Who are you going to see? The mosques were shut. You know, for once our homes became our masjids and we became really resourceful. We, you know, we had to rely on that innate resilience that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us all. That, you know, Ramadans were not played out in the mosques. Ramadans were not played out in iftars with family that actually the people that were within our homes were our congregation you know our jummas our masjids were within our homes and actually how did we do that and also with regards to this fear of the uncertainty as well 
and the anxiety i know that we're going to be discussing this in the second question but the anxiety is that fear of not knowing what's to come not knowing how it's going to pan out and then the depression of we can't change the past it's done thinking about you know what's been done and what's happened and not being able to step you know not being able to change that so where does that leave us it kind of leaves us in this flux but when we see that what we have right now, the present, we can only worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the present. We can't go back and make up for the prayers that we didn't do, and we can't fast forward into how we would like to worship him in the future. So every moment that we have right now is a choice, moment by moment. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala want from me right now, and how can I worship him in this moment with what I have, with what I've got going on, not with what I want to have, what with what I wish I had, what with what, you know, not with what I, I'm you know, mourning that I can't be with my family. I mean, subhanAllah, I'm, I feel very, very grateful. My parents literally live around, I can see the back of their house from the back of mine, alhamdulillah. But it mm -hmm. felt like the biggest gap during isolation. It was like, you're just there, I can see you. If you popped your head out the window, I could kind of see you over the rooftops, but that isolation and that distance that I wasn't able to hug them, that they couldn't hug their children. We've, we've gone through a lot. So, you know, mashallah, we have, you know, we're here. What, 10 11 months into this and we're now talking about the ways in which we have carried on and what sister Iram said as well the sisters you know what we're doing now when you know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that we can't change the condition of the people unless they change what is within themselves so what have we done for ourselves well you amazing ladies have put together this conference there are people you know you're, you're reach we're reaching out to people we're forming our own help we're forming our own communities whether the governments in the countries that we live in haven't particularly looked after us if that's the thing in your, where you are then you know but the people we we're helping each other and isn't that the essence of our beautiful faith by helping one another not not you know not just our muslim neighbors the neighbors that we have and really coming together and showing that brightness of humanity that we all are capable of having and it's now given us the platform covid has given us the platform to bring that togetherness to bring that desire to bring that want to help our fellow man and woman and child and mashallah i think you know all of us are stepping up in some way so this might be a lockdown but we are literally stepping up to meet what we you know to meet that lockdown with resilience with subbo with 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 intention with you know with amazingness and it really is a joy to behold yes. i would like to add the one thing here that both of you said that this the uncertainty and the fear i think one of the biggest realizations for me was i was always uncertain i mean i made plans and allah made plans so and allah said like listen you are we're not listening none of you were listening really okay now listen listen to yourselves listen to your spouses listen to your children and it was a difficult mental spiritual shift but i think it was a necessary shift alhamdulillah yeah so that's my takeaway as well yes definitely definitely and um you know I, again going back to anxiety depression loneliness that the, the second question right <clears throat> all of us have experienced loneliness like farah said we were not able to you know, go visit our mosques during Ramadan, you know, praying Taraweeh together, uh, having iftar gatherings together. So this isolation brought a new, 
you know we were lacking that sense of belonging and every human has this need of connection they want to be able to connect right they 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 are born to live in a community we're not born to live you know by ourselves we need to be in a community in order to to thrive and that's one thing i think that has hit many of us because we, we had nowhere to go we couldn't even visit our families right and then anxiety the uncertainty you know not knowing what's going to happen next because you can't control it gets so bad that you can't control your thoughts right you can't control your thoughts so you are in this vicious circle of negativity that constantly keeps going around oh my god you know like making assumptions upon assumptions upon and you can't keep you know carrying on like digging very very deep like oh what if my mom catches this virus and oh she's already asthmatic or what well, something happens to my dad you know and hey, he's got this health condition and and i know a lot of people who have lost their loved ones a friend a very close friend of mine uh, you know lost uh, her father to covid and a lot of my family members they they have been um affected with this covid you know this this uh, anxiety and then the depression is you know going even deeper into this negativity but the thing is like we know the causes but i think sometimes we forget to admit that yes there is you know like we can go through um mental instability and it does not necessarily mark somebody as a bad muslim this is i think we ha- we have to we have to make this message very very clear to so many women are out there that you can be it's a test from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it does not necessarily point out that you are incompetent as a wife you are incompetent uh, uh, as a mother you know you are a, a bad muslim you know you you don't have enough faith or your iman is so low um no it's a test from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know if you have been afflicted with any mental health issues anxiety depression you know overwhelming thoughts overthinking whatever it is it is in and of itself is a test from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and sometimes you know ad- like not being able to admit makes it more difficult to overcome it right yeah absolutely there is two things there there's the destigmatization of even having you know the foresight to actually admit to yourself first and foremost that there is an issue because like you say mums we're just used to women we're just used to getting on with it you know usually there's a lot of people that depend on us so it's almost like we don't have time to look after ourselves you know we don't have we don't you know we're looking after ourselves we it's almost like we'll do that whenever you know once the kids are sorted once the husband's sorted once the home is sorted once our job's sorted you know once we've got all of that sorted then we might be able to look to ourselves and you know the the thing that um the thing that came up the most is that when the women that do come to me finally do come to me it's after in some cases years of trying to push it down trying to push that niggling feeling down um trying to come to terms with is it me is there something wrong with me no i can't i can't i can't and then when they finally do actually you know it it comes up that they want to talk to someone that it's an issue even then there's still this you know should i shouldn't i you know it's okay i'm okay i'm all right um but no i you know if i was a better muslim if i was a better mom if i was a better wife if i was a better person you know then none of this would be happening and really it's when we kind of completely squash them 
put them to one side and there is an actual awareness and an actual acceptance that there is something slightly off kilter we are spiritual physical and physio sorry spiritual physical and psychological beings we have those three things that work in in synchronicity and when one of them is off all of the others they're affected so you know if you've got a headache Sometimes you might get really down in the dumps. You know, when you're a bit down in the dumps, your head might start hurting. You know, your mind might kind of take a, you know, it might dip a little bit. You might be thinking, okay, why is this going on for me? Am I not praying hard enough? Or does Allah not love me? And there's a load of stuff that can be going on. And within the four walls of your mind, that is a really big thing. But when you say it out, it's like, it's like smoke. When, you, when it's released from a small vessel out, it dissipates and you can see it clearly for what it is. But before, you know, before the ladies that even come to me, there's been, like I said, a long time. But when we understand that we are not, you know, this is not a punishment. This is not something bad. It says nothing about them as a person. It's like if you were, if you had something wrong with you physically, you'd go to the doctor, you know, wouldn't you? You'd, you'd, you'd go and seek help. You wouldn't say to someone with a broken leg, pray on it and you'll be fine. <laughs> you know, you're a bad Muslim. You know, you've got to, you know, just keep making dua because there's obviously something wrong. You wouldn't, would you? So just a, being a, allowed to feel permission that they have the right actually to, you know, with, our bodies and our minds and everything it's an amana we will be questioned by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know for how did we look after the gifts that he gave us your spirituality your fitty so you have to but not only the duty to look after you and that soul care which is what i'll be talking about in the conference is something incumbent that we have to deal with and it's okay you have the right to do it there's nothing wrong with you there's nothing it doesn't say anything bad about you it just says i need a little bit of help here you know maybe popping up your hand and saying do you know what i just need a bit of help and finding the people finding your tribe finding you know your your village really because in this isolation our, our literal villages have been you know eroded but our virtual villages like we're able to have this conversation over zoom you know, we're closer than we think. Subhanallah. Yeah. Uh -huh. I wanted, I wanted to add a, a joke that I, I, I made it lightly, but I it had a deep meaning to it. I said, we women, we do talk about our illnesses. You know, to our friends and families, our sisters, our in-laws, we say, oh, I have an ulcer, or I have a gynecological problem, or I have this, or I have that. And then people come over, people ask, people, you know, how are you feeling now, etc. So, what if I have a mental health issue? What am I going to say? My mind is not working. I've lost it. <laughs> Then who's going to come and ask me this whole fear that if I tell somebody that I have I have issues of just thinking straight, who is going to come and ask me, are you okay? Do you need something? How can I help you? Even myself, I, I am a parent coach now. I, I talk to youth, I talk to youth with mental issues all, all the time. But before the training, even just for me to ask somebody who was reaching out to me for help it was very difficult i did not know the lingo i did not know how to say are you okay and then okay if i say are you okay then what what else to say after that absolutely you know subhanallah you know like the the you know alhamdulillah right we we are so used to saying um alhamdulillah right the moment you open your mouth to say anything about your you know your mental health then you know you may sound like oh you're complaining or you're being ungrateful i remember when i had um, 
postnatal depression after my fourth child, right? For the longest time ever, I was in denial. I was in denial. And I kept thinking, you know, I'm such an ungrateful soul. And, you know, I, I can't like, you know, there, there are people in Palestine, you know, suffering or in Syria, yeah. you know, this, that happening to them. And, you know, like I have everything you know, like a safe house, safety, you know, all my children are happy. And why, why am I feeling like this? You know, I kept judging myself, you know, before I even reach out or open my mouth to anybody, I was very self-critical. You know, I kept judging myself for the way I felt, you know, and to be honest, you know, sometimes I, I had suicidal thoughts, right? And I know many sisters in the same situation you know they they have suicidal thoughts and they are so self-critical self-judgmental that they believe that they are such an ungrateful muslim you know uh, because these thoughts keep uh, occurring to them subhanallah and um we so that the solution farah said is that that we know the causes but the, the one of the solutions is finding your tribe reaching out to people right but i think even before finding out your tribe we need to we need more awareness we need to make it like accepted within our communities because there's a fear of being judged like i said everybody will say like ah are you praying your salah on time are you praying your five daily prayer right or are you reading quran read quran or play surah baqarah you know all these things no doubt will help you know but sometimes somebody could be praying on time you know, they could be reading their Quran and still battling with this, you know, void in their chest. You know, nothing fills the gap because this is a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we need to accept that sometimes people will be tested with their wealth or health or, you know, uh, uh, financial crisis or job loss or relationship breakdown. And sometimes it is a mental breakdown and we, we just have to accept, it. okay, this is my test and i i'm going to accept it this is from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it's not this this is when it helped me to get over it when i accepted it like okay there's nothing wrong with me this is from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is this is my test and i'm going to deal with it rather than you know being in denial and that that's the message we should be sending out to women today you know if you are going through any sort of you know mental health issues negative thoughts anxiety depression it is a test from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, can i can i add just one more thing um i think all three of us we speak with women day in and day out and all three of us have come across this sentence that I realize, but my spouse does not, my family is not supportive. And what Sister Irula just said, that you have to figure it out yourself, like give permission to say, yes, I have a problem and I need to solve it. Uh, Sister Farah, if you'd like to say something about that. No, absolutely. I think that what you've just said has really, really has hit the nail on the head. And we're told this by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I think I mentioned this before, but really, Allah will not change the condition of the people until they change what is within themselves. And there is one word that is quite pertinent to that, within. So that change from within, it comes from within. The tools that we need, the you know, the, the things that we need really are all ingrained in us. We were born in, you know, we were born with it. When we were born, we weren't anxious. We weren't depressed. We weren't, you know... Um, we didn't have, for want of a better word, negative thoughts. We were so close to that truth, the truth of who we were and that picture of who, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. And as we 
as we live and as we grow up, it's the thoughts that cloud that. It's almost like it bogs over that essence of who we are. So we're second guessing, really. Are we trying to find our purpose or our or our um, you know, what we want in life through our children, through our partners, through our through our you know through our jobs through whatever other roles that we ascribe to be like if I'm a good mum then I'll be okay you know I'll be fine and for the longest time I really really did think if I was the best mum in the world that that in itself would it was like I was going to go to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the end of days and bow up these four children that I'd raised amazingly and say here you go can I have my ticket into Jenna now please and it was so 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 oh my word it was it was the most bizarre thing I had all of my self-worth eggs in this in this basket of motherhood and then when I felt that I was failing as a mum it felt I was failing as a person it was like why am I even here and through the work that that I did on myself because it didn't come from anyone else I couldn't work on my kids it wasn't my kids if I made better kids or if they behaved better had no you know it was there was no correlation but I was under that illusion that if they were better that I would be whatever better is that I would be okay and when that completely fell to the wayside it was just left with me I am going to return to Allah with just me what am I going to return with and if it's the efforts of raising these children I'll be rewarded with the intention of that I'll be rewarded with the intention of whatever else I do but those thoughts that were perpetuating in my head when I realized where they were actually coming from what I was doing with them I was making myself the the victim of my life rather than the liver of it and so when we really turn this on our head when we really go to the the the, the literally the sentence that my coaching is is depending on is verily in the remembrance of Allah that hearts find rest but not just the remembrance the thinking we can't see Allah we can't feel him but how we think of him we are told he is as we think of him so our experience it's 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 thought-led it's how we process we're on this screen right now and we're all having a very different experience even though the words that we're hearing and the words that we're saying are exactly the same people listening to this will pick up on certain things they will have different experiences of listening to this podcast based on their thinking based on their experiences so when we get intentional about stuff you know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us this awareness first and foremost so being aware that we have an issue in the first place like um, the sister said, you know, before we've even got to the village, we have to be aware, we have to be allowed, we have to be, you know, um, given permission to actually accept that there is something. And it is things like this that do put it out there, the messages that do put it out there, that it's okay to feel not okay. It's There's nothing wrong with you. It's a little signal. It's your body and your mind and your soul giving you a little, it's like if on a dashboard there's a, um, a light that comes up, there's an issue with the car. You don't keep driving and thinking, OK, that light will turn off in a minute. It'll be fine. If I ignore it, if I pretend it's not there, you know, one day your car is going to break down. And it's exactly the same with us. Those things that, you know, we're, that we're thinking that are a little bit off key, they're all signals. They're all signs that we need to really, you know, sort this out. It's a little light on our dashboard that we need to sort out. So before we break down in lockdown, let's, you know, let's see those lights for what they are. And it's a cry. It's not a cry for help. It's a signal that we need something. We need to do something, but also that we're allowed to do something about it, that we actually have a right and a duty to do something about it too. MashaAllah, MashaAllah, you know, what um, beautifully said, Sister Farah, really, subhanAllah, I'm still contemplating 
on what you said you know you've explained it so well that subhanallah you know the the reflection the faculty of thinking that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with right and which is why i say you know sometimes when we talk about the solutions because i i went through this you know like people mentioned like oh go for ruqya right oh like get this done and you know like get a hijama done yes they are part of the solution but the bottom line is you have to do the inner work yourself you have to work uh, you know um at yourself you know you have to use your faculty of thinking you know reflect contemplate measure up things and come to your own conclusions about things right subhanallah and like you said thoughts they they become things right subhanallah a lot of the time we live in our mind we really we don't we know it's really difficult to be present in your uh that present moment that present most of the time you know we think we we live in our minds we either stuck in the past or we keep wishing about the future you know hardly ever we embrace the moment subhanallah but we have to do that inner work we have to do that inner work and yes ruqya you know going for um hijama and reading quran yes they they lift you up spiritually and they are part of the solution but the bottom line is we have to do the inner work we have to look at ourselves and work at ourselves subhanallah absolutely i think that again what you've just said subhanallah our thoughts we can't control the ones that pop into our head you know the random things that you especially I, I, i'm assuming that it's the same for everyone but i'll just ask the question have you ever been on the salama and you're praying and you can't remember which rakat you've just done or what surah you've just read or a random thing just pops into your head and like hold on a minute i'm on the salama come on i you know please please focus 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 you can't control those thoughts but what you can do is the ones that do come in, you can choose to give them oxygen. You can choose to give them credence. You can choose to give them a story. But the ones that you don't, we have between 70,000 and 100,000 thoughts a day. If I was to ask you to write those down right now, it would take you a lifetime. So, they're, you know, they're thinking it happens, but they don't all stick around. But um, going back to what Sister Iram said, when we speak to our friends, when we speak to our family about what's going on, we're just ruminating because when we've got that story going on in our mind, we're just ruminating and rumination really blocks intuition. It really blocks innovation of new ideas. It, it really blocks solutions because within the four walls of our minds, that same thought going over and over again, we're just impacting the same thing. We're not really seeing a solution because all we can see is the problem but when we talk about it in a way that is helpful if we just get it out there even just being aware that we can say it out how many times have you said something out loud and you think oh my word that is that's that's ridiculous in my mind it was a really big thing but i've just said it out loud and i'm like is that what i sound like is that really what's going on in my head you know <laughs> say something to your husband you know who's like what i don't think that you know but you've made up a story about what he's thinking what he's doing what the kids are doing and then you say it out loud and they look at you as if to say no that's not at all what we were thinking but it's very real for you yes subhanallah yes subhanallah so true so true subhanallah um so um just wrapping up and final thoughts that we all know that you know uh pre-lockdown you know even pre-lockdown you know the the mental health was on the rise right especially within um muslim communities and um you know certain lifestyles where we just 
cling on to hustle culture, you know, uh, rushing in and out of the house, in and out of the car, everything is on, to, on autopilot, right? But with the lockdown, I think we've seen the increase, especially on women's mental health due to disruption of flow and rhythm. And the causes, like we said, you know, the fear of uncertainty, um, the disruption, isolation, not being able to find that sense of belonging in the community or not being able to connect with people like we usually do, right, due to social distancing measures, etc. So, um, and the solutions is we have to acknowledge and admit it, right, subhanAllah, and create that safe space for um, ourselves, for our loved ones, increase the awareness, keep sending message out, you know, if this is what you are going through, it's okay, you know, it's okay not to be 100%, it's, it's fine, you know, it, it's temporary and it will pass, you know, the, the change is the only constant and this, this will pass and uh, reach out, reach out to someone and say, hey, can I just talk to you about something, you know, um, and yes, do the other things that the spiritual things that our dean suggests, right? You can do raqya, you can go for hijama, you can play surah baqarah, make da'a to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spiritually and do the, 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 the things that will fill your emotional cup. Like, you know, talk, if you can't visit, talk, talk to your mom. This is what I do. You know, sometimes I just feel like crying. I just call my mom straight away. And subhanAllah, you know, even my children, sometimes they say like, oh, mom, you're upset. Why don't you just call your mom? SubhanAllah, do, do, do these things, right? Do these things are, it may be little, little things, but they will add up to your well-being in the long run, to your mental well-being in the long run, inshallah. Um, so final thoughts over to you, um, Farah. Do what you can with what you've got and be merciful to yourself because a lot of times I find that, you know, we women, we, we, um, we're very good at playing, not playing the martyr, but we're very good at, you know, um, thinking that we should have all of this a certain way. And in the pandemic, I think who we are, the roles that we ascribe to have been questioned. So who are we under those roles? This is the perfect time for that self-awareness that self-exploration really being merciful to ourselves and um, allowing us really this platform to find out who we are when everything that we know is so so different because underneath that we're the ones that are underpinning it so who are we and when we understand who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is we've got more of a greater sense of who we are and our purpose then is a little bit more brightly shone on so do what we can with what we've got we've got um, Zoom, we've got, um, you know, social media, we may not be able to meet with people in person, but we can still still call them. Um, we might not be able to go to the mosque, but we can still pray within our homes, you know, maybe do a, a Zoom uh, Jamaat, I don't know. But we can get really inventive and really creative with what we have, but being merciful to ourselves that what we don't have, we're not meant to have. We are exactly where we are meant to be right now because if we weren't, we would be somewhere else. Allah will put us somewhere else. So being merciful and accepting that where we are is okay, how we're feeling is okay, and that there is always help. We just need to be aware and be merciful to ourselves that we can ask for that help. So mercy is definitely the biggest thing. When you have mercy for yourself, then you're able to give compassion and mercy to others. I would not like to add anything if Sister Rhoda, you're waiting for me. I just want this message to resonate. Alhamdulillah. 
Yeah, I was waiting for your final piece of wisdom, mashallah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just happy that you included me in this conversation. It's, it's really, really helpful. Whatever Sister Rola said, whatever Sister Farah said, just do that. You'll be good. Inshallah, inshallah, and make da'a, make da'a, subhanAllah, you know, uh, the, the Allah is the muqallib al-qulub, right, the, the changer of the hearts, the turnover of the hearts, and keep making da'a to Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, and like Farah mentioned, you know, I'd like to finish off with the hadith that Allah says, I am as my servant thinks I am. Right, subhanAllah, and which means that the, the way we perceive Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very, very important, right? We, the way we perceive, going back to perceptions, how we think Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the way he will show up in our lives, in the way he will manifest himself in our lives. So think of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as the one who is the most merciful, right? And he is al-Mujib, the, 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 the one who answers to ah, and you are asking the king of kings. So ask, like Prophet Sallallahu said, when you ask for Jannah, ask Jannah al fartas ask the best of everything. So make da'a, hold on to da'a, but also it's okay. Acknowledge that it's okay. It will be fine, inshallah. Jazakumullah khair for tuning in to today's podcast. Um, you can follow um, Iram and Raising Young Scholars on social media. I'm sure um, Sister Farah as well, a very active on social media, reaching out to mums from all walks of life with beautiful, beautiful messages. If you would like to um, Need, if you'd like to, you know, um, reach out and need more help with regards to mental health, feel free to reach out to Farah or Iram. They are both uh, parenting coaches working with moms, inshallah. And um, yeah, if you'd like to sponsor season two of Monday Musings, you can find uh, the link at Raising Scholars uh, website, which you will find uh, on this slide, inshallah. And Jazakumullah Khair, we look forward to seeing you in episode two with another guest speaker joining us all the way from Australia, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.